Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I am Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. This is day 754 of our three-year journey through the Word of God, and we come to Isaiah 58. Now, Isaiah 57 that we looked at yesterday was really a call to repent of pagan idolatry, of uh, spiritual adultery with the world, and a call to return to the Lord. In many ways, we could think about it in terms of the prodigal son. It's a call to the younger brother, to the ones who are wandering in a far country, to the ones who are being unfaithful to the Lord. If that's the case, then Isaiah 58 is more of a call to the older brother, to those who outwardly seem very pious and observant. These are not people who are going to worship at pagan temples necessarily, necessarily. But they're doing externally what seems to be the right thing. So let's pray and ask the Lord's help as we go through this very important chapter today. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your word. It's living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. It is, it is alone that which brings us eternal life and eternal truth. And so write Isaiah 58 on our hearts. Prepare us to understand it with our minds and to receive it with our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Isaiah 58. Cry aloud. Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God, who ask of me righteous judgments. They, they delight to draw near to God. Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice heard on high. Is this is such the fast that I choose, a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and to bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover him, and not to hide yourself from your own flesh, then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness 
and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways, or seeking your own pleasure, or talking idly, then you shall take delight in the Lord. And I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So again, as I said, when I introduced this, this chapter is kind of written to the older brother types from the prodigal son story. It's written to the outwardly observant, outwardly religious. These are people who say, we want the judgments of God. We want to draw near to God. We have fasted. You have not seen it. They're the ones who say, Father, we have done everything you've asked us to do, and you've never given us a fattened calf, right? This is, this is the language of the older brother. And what's very keen about the older brother parallel to this passage is that these really self-righteous people do not care about the poor, the needy, those who are in distress, just as in the story of the prodigal son, the older brother should have gone out and sought after his younger brother. He should have cared for him. He should have ministered to his need. He should have welcomed him back into the family, into the home. But he did not, because he was too absorbed with his own self-righteous obedience. God says that's not obedience at all. It's not obedience to go to church, call on the name of the Lord, sing hymns and praise songs, and then hate your neighbor. Be quarrelsome. Be divisive. Be rude. Be greedy. It's not okay to say, I'm going to outwardly humble myself. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. I'm going to put on sackcloth. I'm going to spread ashes under me. I'm going to fast for a day. And then you oppress the poor. Or you don't care about those who are in need. Or you're not actively seeking to share the love of Christ with those who live near you who are in need. God says what we should be doing is being generous to the poor sharing what we have with those who are in need. And we should also be keeping the Sabbath as a delight to serve God and his purposes and not do our own thing. See, that's the other thing that was happening here is these self-righteous, outwardly conforming, outwardly obedient people were saying, oh, the Sabbath, that's a day off for me. So I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to kick back. I'm going to relax. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I'm going to think whatever I want to think. I'm going to talk about whatever I want to talk about. 
And if that means that my servants and my slaves have to work extra hard to serve me, all the better, because I get to relax. I get to put my feet up. So they've made the Sabbath all about me, 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 right? Singing that unholy song that we all sing so well. And God says, don't do that. God says, don't oppress the poor. Don't neglect those who are needy. And also, don't just do whatever you feel like doing on the Sabbath, but call it a delight. Call it an honorable day and honor God with the day. Seek the Lord earnestly, not outwardly, not for show, not for brownie points to impress people about how righteous you are, but earnestly from the heart, seek the Lord. And the key measure from this chapter of how you know if you're earnestly seeking the Lord from the heart is you will look at those who are in need around you and you will be moved with compassion, the compassion that the Lord has for you as someone who's needy and who needs grace, and you'll extend whatever you can to help them. Love, in other words. Love God, love your neighbor. This is one of the many, many chapters in the Bible that show how right Jesus was and how wise he was when he said, the great and first commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And that, that is anchored in keeping the Sabbath. And then love your neighbor as yourself. That, that overflows into love for others. Love God, love your neighbor. This is how we should live. This is not how we earn salvation. Isaiah 58 is not a pathway for, here's how you earn eternal life. This is a pathway for, if God has been gracious to you and has drawn you near and given you peace, if God has reconciled you to himself through Jesus Christ, if God has been gracious to you and saved you, if, then this is how you should be living. This is the fruit of salvation. This is the result of saving grace. Let's pray. Father, it's convicting because we're all aware of how selfish we are. And then we're even more selfish than we're aware. <laughs> but the selfishness we're aware of is enough to make us hang our head in shame and shake our head in disbelief at our own foolishness. But you are God. And there is no one like you. You are good and you are gracious and you've been kind to us and you've drawn us in despite our sin, despite our failings, despite our inconsistencies and even hypocrisies. You have been good to us. Let us respond to that goodness by loving you from the heart with all that we have and loving others, loving our neighbors, loving our family members, loving those we disagree with, loving those who are in distress, maybe even through their own fault, but loving them and treating them the way we would want to be treated if we were in their place. Give us that love for you and love for others that is the very heartbeat of your will for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that is Isaiah 58. Thanks for joining me for that. Tomorrow, we're going to go back to the book of Daniel. It's been a little while since we were in Daniel. We're going to pick up with Daniel chapter 8. Hope you can join me for that. And as always, I do hope you have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.